Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another episode here of Future Brew right here on maizenbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, as always, uh, Maison Brew recruiting contributor John Simmons and do-it-all video guy. Who, who, that is his official title now, Stephen Asentoski. Welcome, boys. How are we doing on this fine Labor Day evening? Doing okay. Doing okay. Yeah, relaxing, hanging out. Well, that's good. I'm certainly glad to hear all of that. And Stephen, I saw the photo that you had on Twitter of, of your vacation last week. That's why you didn't record with us. I was a bit jealous, but I've got a, a upcoming trip here. So uh, I am definitely looking forward to some time off. How was your time off, Stephen? It was great. Yeah, it was a nice week up in Traverse City exploring uh, pure Michigan. So, pure so Michigan. yeah, it was nice family time and some time on a lake and much needed uh, rest and time away from you guys. No, I'm just <laughs> but, uh, but it was good. It was good. Did you hear a soothing Tim Allen voice when you were up there in pure Michigan? Just detailing I sure did. Okay. <laughs> I, that's, that's the folklore at least that, that I've heard. Um, yeah. So. If you listen closely, the pine trees just emit a Tim Allen voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well i hey i'm i'm glad you had fun and uh we're ha certainly happy to have you back because it was quite the week on the recruiting trail for jim harbaugh and company with being able to reach out to these 2022 recruits the upcoming junior class in high school and some of them obviously are going to be able to play some high school football this year some not so much but uh, they reached out to a handful of uh, pretty early on at least top targets and we'll run through a lot of these guys we won't you know dissect every single player but just to give all of you a inside look at who these top targets may be and some names that you should probably get to know uh, for this 2022 class so let's uh let's do this by position and uh, we'll just start right up at the top at quarterbacks they reached out to a few not too many quarterbacks reached out to, uh, reportedly, at least, during this uh, a September 1st call-out. And uh, reportedly, uh, Jim, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan reached out to a four-star quarterback named Ty Simpson. He is a uh, Tennessee dual threat from Martin, Tennessee, number 37 overall on the composite. And then Gavin Wimsat, who is another dual threat quarterback. He's from Kentucky. Uh, interestingly enough, he doesn't have an offer for Michigan yet, but I would imagine that that would probably change here pretty soon. He's number 80 overall on the composite. And then to throw all of that uh, in here with probably Michigan's top target at quarterback is MJ Morris, a very talented quarterback. Honestly, probably one of my favorite quarterbacks in this uh, 22 class. Uh, he hails from Georgia. So, John, I'll just start with you. Uh, what were your main takeaways from the quarterbacks that Michigan had reached out to a uh, very interesting to me, at least that of the few that they uh, sent a text or a phone call to uh, Gavin Wimsat uh, is one of those guys and he doesn't have an offer yet. Yeah. He's been talking about having a lot of contact with Michigan lately. And for some reason they still haven't pulled the trigger. I don't know what they're, they're waiting for. He's clearly, really talented. He has offers from a bunch of other schools. Like I, um, he's close ish to Michigan compared to some of their other targets. So I don't see what the, the holdup is, but definitely at some point he should be getting an offer. So I think he was an interesting name for sure. Simpson, I don't think has really been that interested in Michigan lately, even though they offered him back when he was in eighth grade. So uh, yeah. they definitely saw him early, but yeah, like you said, Morris is going to be their best bet. Um, from Georgia. He just transferred to Pace Academy this summer where Jaden Thomas plays uh, the four-star receiver in 2021. who's probably not going to end up at Michigan now, but was a target for a long time. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. And yeah, I, th I think Morris probably is, I mean, at the very least, one of the top quarterbacks in this class. I really liked what I saw on film from him. Steven, I'll just get your quick take on these quarterbacks and uh, what, what your opinion is on uh, all of these guys and uh, very just interesting early on. Uh, it, it's going to be a little bit different in the cycle for quarterback for Michigan in 2022. They were very fortunate to get JJ McCarthy pretty much right off the bat uh, when he was a junior. It's going to be a little bit different 
this time around for Michigan. Yeah, it's interesting. All three of the guys you mentioned, Simpson, Morris, and Wimsett, they're all dual threat guys. So obviously Michigan is going all in on dual threat. You know, in the past we've seen more pro style focus, I would say, with maybe a dual threat, dual threat guy here or there. So it's interesting to see all, all three guys, top 100 recruits, and all three of them are dual threat. So it's interesting, the, the offer list for Wimsett, he's 80th overall, number four dual threat. And he does have some Big Ten offers. He has Maryland, uh, Michigan State, Nebraska. But Notre Dame is, is probably like the other high tier offer where yeah. the, other, the other guys, Simpson and Morris, you see. Uh, Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, both guys looking like a primarily SEC offer list. So it's a little bit strange that you have a top 100 guy in Wimsett that doesn't uh, obviously doesn't have a Michigan offer yet, but not really that top tier offer list you'd expect from someone uh, as a top 100 quarterback. So it's something just to, to obviously keep keep your eye on if Michigan does offer, but it, it's a little bit intriguing um, that uh that offer list, but, but I, I like the film and all of them. They're all pretty uh, high athletes, obviously based on their, um, their rankings there. So it, it's interesting. I, I would like to get any one of them, but, uh, but yeah, I, yep. I agree that Wimsett has the offer list and um, you know, someone that if Michigan can get an offer to it, they'd be near the top, uh, if not at the top of the uh, prestigious schools on, on the offer list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of strange sometimes when you see these top recruits that Michigan is in it for and they'll end up battling with some of these smaller schools that you wouldn't really expect uh, Michigan to compete for a top 100 recruit for. And there's there's a guy on this uh, offensive list that we'll talk about here with the wide receiver position. Um, but let's let's stick to, uh, to this agenda here. We'll talk about running backs next. And uh, uh, quite the list of running backs that they reached out to. Uh, it, it was quite a bit, and they're going to be in it for a lot of very talented running backs, but I don't think any running back is more talented in this class than Emmanuel Henderson. He's a 6'1", 185 from Alabama. He's a five-star, number 18 on the composite, and you would imagine that he probably would have all of the major offers uh, that you would expect out of a five-star from Alabama, and he does. He's got Bama. He's got Auburn. He's got Clemson. Michigan, the list just goes on and on. He is really, really talented. Um, uh, fortunately, Michigan seems to be really well in this race uh, early on, so we'll see how Jay Harbaugh does there. Uh, a few other guys that uh, Jay Harbaugh was able to reach out to, Relique Brown, who is more of a Blake Corum sort of running back. He plays at Matter Day. He is a five-star. Gavin Sawchuk, uh, another five-star here. He's from Littleton, Colorado. He's 5'11", listed as an athlete, but they're going after him at running back. And then a few other running backs here. Terrence Gibbs, who is a top 200 guy from Florida. Jabran Payne, who is another top 200 guy. He's from Cincinnati, Ohio. Arlen Harris Jr., who is from St. Peter's, Missouri. And then Dylan Tatum, who is the heir apparent to Donovan Edwards at West Bloomfield High School. So uh, all four stars here, except for those few five stars that I mentioned off the top. Michigan is going to be in it for a ton of really good running backs in this class, John, and it is very good to see that they reached out to pretty much all of their targets uh, right when September 1st uh, hit on the clock there. Yeah, I even have one more, Tavoris Jones from Texas, who they just offered right before that date. Um, so that's another four-star near top 100 guy. Um, yeah, Henderson, I think they like the best this class. Um, but from someone from Alabama, it's going to be with Auburn and Alabama offers. That's always going to be a long shot. I think like they're, they're doing all the right things so far, but you can just never count out, you know, the Mm -hmm. Nick Saban from missing out a five-star running back in his backyard. So that's going to be a tough one. I, I like where they sit with Jabran Payne from Ohio. He doesn't have an Ohio state offer yet. And even if he did, he's from Cincinnati, which has typically been the easier, uh, the one part of the state where you can kind of pull kids from. Um, they're not as attached to the Buckeyes as most people are. So I think that's probably the most realistic shot on here. Um, besides, you know, Dylan Tatum at West Bloomfield, he's also even closer, obviously, and he's uh, been a top target for a while. Um, Gavin Sawchuk plays at Dylan McCaffrey's old high school in Colorado. They've been after him for a while. 
he has a crystal ball to Oklahoma right now, but so does Relique Brown. I think Relique Brown actually has like three or four. So he's probably more likely to go to the Sooners, and I don't think they're going to land both. So I think there might be an opening there too for them to nab one of those five stars. Yeah, in regards to Payne being from Cincinnati, yeah, you're right. Um, no Ohio State offer. And, yeah, those kids from Cincy, they don't view Ohio State as strongly as, as some of the other area high schools there. Obviously, Corey Kiner being the one in this 2021 class who is from Cincinnati, and he was a former Michigan target but is heading to LSU. Uh, so we'll see if Michigan can uh, be in this race for Payne. I, I like where they sit with Payne as well. And, yeah, obviously with the Oklahoma crystal balls, for Sawchuck and for Brown, uh, you would probably imagine that they don't get two five-star running backs in this class, would you? I, I don't, I don't see that happening. It would be real tough. I, it would be a very great pull for them uh, to be able to do that, but I just don't see that happening. So we'll see how all of that goes uh, as well. But Stephen, wanted to get your take on this. Obviously, a ton of running backs here to digest, and. Uh, Michigan looking to get Donovan Edwards in this 2021 class. And uh, they've had a few crystal balls over the last few days uh, for Tavier Dunlap, another running back in this 2021 class. So uh, things could be a little different than we once thought for this 2022 class. Perhaps if they get two in 2021, maybe they'll just try and get uh, one of their uh, elite top targets in the 22 class. Uh, but regardless, they've got quite a bit of guys to choose from if that's the case. Yeah, and I think it's a good strategy. Like you said, Michigan seems to be in a pretty good spot with 2021, so you can really swing for the fences with your offers here for the 2022 class. And if you know one of these guys, these five stars are interested, of course you'll take them, but they're guys who would mm -hmm. be uh, competing with a lot of guys on, on Michigan's depth chart that's looking pretty good at that position. So I think it's a good strategy overall. I really like Payne's film. You guys were mentioning out of Cincinnati. He's 5'10", 190. He looks really stout, but he's uh, extremely quick, so he's really built well. Um, really liked his film coming out of the backfield, and he plays defense as well, so he has good hands for the position. Um, it made me feel really old to look at uh, DeMarco Murray as a primary recruiter for <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> on Sawchuck's uh, offer list there. So it's an interesting strategy. I wonder if Michigan has the same sort of scouting that Oklahoma has in their running backs, or if it's a case of, like you said, that Oklahoma probably won't take both running backs there. And it's a, a case where Michigan can um, maybe pitch one is saying, you know, we're, you're, we're uh, offering you as our first option or, or whatever it yeah. may be. So, so it's interesting. I think it's a good strategy to go for all these top guys, even though, it's tough to pull uh, a guy like Henderson out of the South, but um, obviously they're all really highly regarded guys. It's hard to go wrong, but yeah. uh, Payne did stand out. So I, I'm, I'm happy that he's looking like maybe a more realistic option uh, from that high group of, of offers there that Michigan extended. Let's move on to receivers and um, obviously another position group here that Michigan sits really well with early on in this 2022 class, Caleb Brown, being one of their top targets. He was reached out to by Michigan on September 1st. He's a top 50 guy from Chicago with a few Michigan crystal balls there, obviously uh, battling against Ohio state for him. And he's got an Alabama offer. So it's going to be still a tough pull, but uh, a couple of crystal balls early on, always good news there for Michigan. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tyler Morris, another uh, Chicago area kid, uh, another top hundred wide receiver there with four crystal balls for Michigan. And th this is the player that I was alluding to earlier with him being a top hundred kid, but not really battling against the schools that you would imagine uh, Michigan is battling against there right now, the warm, uh, so to speak uh, profiles here on uh, 24 seven sports, you got Michigan, Missouri, Northwestern and Penn state. So a very interesting uh, group there for Michigan to uh, do battle with on the recruiting trail. So again, another top 100 kid there. Darius Clemens is uh, a top 150 player. He's more of your uh, prototypical outside receiver. He's 6'3". Uh, he's from the state of Utah, Michigan, uh, battling with uh, Notre Dame and Oregon and Penn State uh, for him. So yeah, a few real good uh, wide receiver prospects there that uh, Michigan had reached out to. 
And uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about uh, the two speedsters from the Chicago area, John. It looks like uh, if, if J.J. McCarthy stays on him and the Michigan coaches stay on him, I, I think it's a pretty good chance that you get at least one of them. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb here, actually, and say that Tyler Morris is the next commit in the 2022 class. I think that uh, he's been trending Michigan for a while. Um, it is interesting that Notre Dame isn't listed as warm for them because he used to be a top target for them. And they stopped talking to him for a bit, and then they picked it up again recently. So I think he's another big uh, school that's going after him hard. But, yeah, I think the McCarthy connection, they used to be teammates at uh, Nazareth in Illinois before McCarthy transferred. So I think that helps out a lot. Sharon Moore just kills it in Illinois. Um, they've gotten, you know, the top player out of there the last uh, three cycles, I think. So, uh, yeah, Morris and Brown would be a great combo. Clemens is super fast. He, I think he could even move up even more. He ran like high four threes, I think, in a 40, which is really impressive to do at 6-3. So I think he has some helium in the rankings too. And then, you know, guys like C.J. Williams from Matter Day weren't listed, listed, but I can pretty much guarantee that they reached out to him. They were his first offer. He's like a top 50 guy. Um, and, you know, uh, Luther – or what's – Caleb Burton. I get him in – Luther Burton confused they're both like <laughs> the top two guys at wide receiver in 2022 yep. but uh Burton's dad is a head coach at Del Vale where Tavier Dunlap plays too so that's a little uh in that Michigan has if they uh, impress Dunlap enough I think it'll help rub off on Burton not that I have very high hopes but um yeah the wide receiver looks really good even if they just get the Illinois kids it's, it's off to a great start yeah, off to a really, really good start here uh, with uh, all of those guys. And yeah, C.J. Williams obviously being another one uh, it, that they would probably have reached out to, like you said, with with uh, Michigan being the first offer there. Uh, Steven, yeah, I just pretty much going to ask you the same thing here. I, I'm really excited about where wide receivers heading with how they recruited in 2020 and obviously with the hall of Xavier Worthy, Christian Dixon, and others in 2021. Uh, wide receivers looking like probably the uh, future long stay strength of the offense here at Michigan. Yeah, hundred percent. And a lot of the guys that we've mentioned here are either five eleven or taller, you know, obviously Clemens six, three would probably be my favorite on the list just because you run a four, three, seven at six, three. And that is really scary. <laughs> and uh, so I would hope to, to get a guy like that, but um, obviously we saw a lot of shorter guys on the roster, more of those, uh, jitterbug type uh, Giles Jackson mold wide receivers recently and it seems like they're prioritizing those taller outside wide receivers um, you mentioned that Dunlap the 2021 uh, running back uh, same high school as Caleb Burton um, there was an insider uh, note from 24-7 that that would hold quite a bit of weight with Burton so it's an interesting aspect where Michigan um, you know could get two birds possibly with one stone there. And, and if Dunlap's a take and that helps Burton out, obviously number 10 overall uh, 2022 recruit would be a, a great uh, addition as well, but tough to pull a guy um, that gets Jaron Judy uh, comps with an Alabama offer out of Texas. So we'll see. I don't think that's likely, but as you guys have said, I mean, you're in on Morris, you have Caleb Brown. That's uh, has the only crystal ball towards uh, or the most recent crystal ball towards Michigan and all three uh, the Wolverines too. So uh, it seems like it's off to a good start. And um, I like that they're shifting um, at least some of their priority towards those outside guys, since we have a pretty good stable uh, at Michigan of those slot back types. Yeah. Any chance that you could get a guy that's six, three, that runs a four, three, seven, 40, you'd definitely go all in for him. So if, yeah. if, if that is a verified 40 yard dash, I would, uh, yeah, throw the bank at him more or less and, uh, just go all in on, on him for sure. So yeah. The figurative it, bank, right? The the figurative figurative yeah. Bank. Not the, not, not, <laughs> not, not the, uh, not the John Calipari bank or anything <laughs> like that, but, uh, yeah, the figurative bank of, Hey, we've, we've got a great education to offer. Um, so, so yes. So I would throw that right at Darius Clemens. If that 40 yard dash is actually true, which I have no reason to doubt it. Uh, tight ends, a tight end, uh, again, another pretty good strength here uh, for Michigan overall. But in 2022, uh, they're in it for a couple uh, top 100 kids. Donovan Green at uh, 6'4", 220 from Dickinson, Texas 
he's got offers from pretty much everybody and uh, reportedly very interested in U of M so far. And then you got Jaleel Skinner, another top 100 guy. He's from South Carolina, so that's going to be a tough pull away from either South Carolina or Clemson. Uh, but he's 6'5", 210, more of a receiving threat at the tight end position. And then Marlon Klein, who's probably Michigan's top target at the position at this point, John, uh, who just visited Ann Arbor this past weekend, and uh, reportedly it went very well. And I know that uh, as, as Steve Lorenz over at 24-7 and the Michigan Insider had said that he's pretty close there to uh, putting in a crystal ball. So you would imagine that uh, if a kid from Georgia uh, drives all the way up or flew, I don't know which one he did, but either way, you traveled all the way up to Ann Arbor to visit on your own dime, one would probably think that he's very, very interested in U of M at this point. Yeah, I think he's trending pretty strongly to Michigan. He's probably going to be uh, in the classified to, to guess at some point. Um, he really likes Michigan a lot. So um, it seems like they're they're going to do what they've done the last couple cycles and take kind of the low three, four-star guy and then swing for the fences at a top 100 type kid. Um, they've, they've missed out on, you know, Theo Johnson and now Thomas Fedoni, these last two classes. So hopefully third time's a charm and they can get someone like Skinner or Donovan Green. Um, you know, apparently uh, Julio Skinner isn't really tied to Clemson or South Carolina that much. And those crystal balls are that he has for both the in-state schools are kind of outdated and Michigan is really making a strong push there. So we'll see if that happens. I, I don't really, mm-hmm. I mean, Michigan's laying like six kids out of South Carolina in their history. So uh, it's it's going to be a tough pull no matter what, but I think he's he's a guy that I would look out for the most. Yeah, I think so too, just because of the reported interest with U of M and the fact that he has went out of his way to try and start up communication with J.J. McCarthy on Twitter at the very least. I saw that J.J. had tweeted something and Skinner had tweeted at him. Uh, something in regards to Michigan. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough pull for sure. It, but, I mean, let, let's be real here. He's got one Clemson crystal ball, and he doesn't even have an offer from Clemson yet. So it, it's pretty much anybody's game at that point to, to land Jaleel Skinner. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I could see that one going either way. Klein, I would probably lean toward U of M at this point. So if you could get him locked up, and then like you had said, maybe land one of these other top tight end targets that they've been going after, um, outside of the first tight end that they land, uh, that would probably be pretty good considering they haven't had two tight ends in one class in a few cycles here. Um, so yeah, uh, Mr. Austin Toski, same to you, uh, tight end. Uh, the last time that Michigan landed a tight end from the state of Texas, he ended up transferring away, but Donovan Green's a pretty special talent. That's not a guy that you just turn away, uh, just because of the recent history there at, at Texas tight ends coming to U of M. Uh, he, he's probably one of the more well-rounded tight ends in this class, and I would be pretty excited as a Michigan fan if he were to uh, go to U of M. Yeah, he, he's built. I mean, he's he's got a really good fluidity to position as well, um, solid long speed as well. So um, you get a high-level guy out of Texas like that, you're, you're like you said, going to take him. Um, I was not to shift focus, but I know you guys talked about Klein a little bit on the last podcast, the, uh, the ball skills he has, um, and the body control in air for Klein, I I would be shocked if he didn't, uh, get bumped up at least a hundred spots. Um, once, you know, he, he gets a little bit more scouting since he's from Germany and still getting acclimated to the sport. But, uh, of the three guys, I think I was most, uh, intrigued by Klein's film just because of those ball skills and the speed that he had at six six, maybe six Damn. seven. If his if his huddle film is uh, correct, he might have inflated that by an inch. But but yeah, if he if he fills out, I mean that's that's such an intriguing uh, prospect. And you wonder if Michigan's previous recruiting in Germany has any uh, any weight there. But like you said, getting a guy from Georgia to travel all the way up to Ann Arbor is a good sign. And um, yeah, so I, I, I'm most excited about Klein and, and Michigan being close to a crystal ball there, but uh, Skinner and Green are those, you know, closer to play-ready guys where you have a bit more of a project with Klein. So uh, I like the board overall. Um, we'll see. But I think Klein has the highest ceiling of, of those guys so far from what I've seen. 
Yeah, I really like this film too. I I thought uh, the way that he plays the game uh, was was very good with uh, both the blocking and the uh, downfield threat receiving as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I would be pretty excited about him too. Um, offensive line, tons of guys that they had reached out to. So I'll just run through these real quick. Uh, five star Zach Rice. He's probably one of the top overall tackles in this class. So obviously you're going to have to reach out to him. Ernest Green, probably one of the top guards in this class. He's from a Bellflower, California, plays at St. John Bosco. A Tyler Booker being from IMG Academy. He's a top 100 offensive tackle. Carson Hintzman, he's one of the top overall guards in this class. He's from Wisconsin, has an early crystal ball to Wisconsin. And then Drew Shelton, obviously he's probably going to be off the board now that he is committed to Penn State, but they reached out to him as well. And then Jacob Sexton, another uh, – he, he's more of an in-betweener in my opinion. He could be probably a guard or a tackle, but he's from Edmond, Oklahoma. Uh, Dane Shore, another tackle from IMG Academy. He's a top 200 guy. Fisher Anderson being uh, probably who would be the left tackle of this class. He's from uh, Franklin, Tennessee, another four-star. And then finally, Connor Jones, the lone three-star uh, of this group here. Uh, he's from Colorado, and he actually was offered by U of M on September 1st. So pretty big haul at offensive line here, John. And uh, they definitely don't have any shortage of uh, targets here along the offensive line. Yeah, I think offensive line is kind of funny for 2022. Is if you look at the, you know, the positions, the number that uh, Michigan has offered each position, they've offered like 25 tackles and two guards at this point. Um, so it makes me think that they project some of these guys at tackle to be guards at some point. Um, so uh, I do think there's there's guys like you said that have the position flexibility to move down inside. Um, I th I think. Uh, I just talked about Tyler Booker from IMG uh, and that scouting piece I have up there. I think he's a good uh, candidate to move down to guard. He's only 6'4". I don't think he has the length to keep up with speed rushers. So um, he's a top 100 kid right now, but I think he'll eventually move to guard. He's uh, from Connecticut originally, then moved to Bergen Catholic in New Jersey, then to IMG. So Michigan has tons of connections in all three of those spots. Um, so they look good for him there. Uh, Josh Connerly from Washington, I think um, the staff's really high on. I think he's a good shot um, to be, you know, have Michigan in his top group when he puts that out. Um, there's a lot of guys talked about here. Uh, you know, I would have said Drew Shelton is the the best case, but then he went off the board to Penn yeah. State uh, last week. So that was kind of a surprise. But right now I, th I still think there's – I don't think there's a ton of top targets per se, like guys that have – high mutual interest and vice versa for Michigan. So I think that's still going to get shuffled out a little bit as the cycle moves on. Steven, how about you, man? I have lots of targets here. Obviously a lot of talent along the offensive line already coming in to Michigan in 2021, but they're probably going to want to just keep stockpiling guys as uh, these classes keep going on. Yeah, hundred percent. You mentioned the only three star Connor Jones, Michigan definitely stands out on that offer list. So getting, uh, you know, some some early guys there. I, you'd probably look at him as one of the top guys. We mentioned, I think, in the first podcast I joined with with Mason Brew, the uh, pros of J.J. McCarthy being down at IMG and, and what that would look like on having potential targets for future classes. And you see that with Booker uh, as well as um, Dane Shore. So we'll see if that works having – you know, the Michigan commit at center as well on that offensive line to help uh, try to bring those guys. So it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I think the four guys Michigan has in 2021 gives them a little bit of breathing room, but, um, but yeah, it, it's a huge board. And I, I don't think you can take enough offensive linemen in a re recruiting class. That's a hill I will die on. So <laughs> it's good to see that they're talking to a lot of guys. Yeah, no, most certainly they're talking to a ton. So I would anticipate that continuing. Uh, let, let's just group all of uh, the defensive line here because there's a lot of them. Uh, I won't waste my time too much on uh, this first guy, Anai White, who's a five-star from Philadelphia. He's got an offer list, and it probably looks like he's going to go south somewhere or stay home at Penn State. Uh, a couple other guys, uh, Danny Dennis Sutton from Maryland was uh, reached out to. He's a top 50 guy. Justice Finkley, who is probably one of 
Sean Nua's top targets along the defensive line. He's from Alabama. So uh, Michigan going after a couple guys from uh, Alabama in this uh, 22 class. That'll be a tough pull away from Alabama, Auburn, et cetera. Uh, Joe Strickland, who is probably another uh, top defensive line target. He's from Indianapolis, so definitely a lot closer to U of M. He's a top 200 guy. Aiden Gobara is a, a, a three-star weak side defensive end, 6'5", 225 from Virginia. So he's a, a long, a lengthy defensive end. Uh, Devontae Miles being a, a in-state recruit here from uh, River Rouge. He's a three-star. He, he's probably an in-betweener at D-tackle and defensive end. Probably the top overall defensive tackle target. In this class, Anthony Lucas, he's from Scottsdale, Arizona. So you've got some familiarity with that area for Sean Nua. So he'll probably end up being one of the top targets there. Obviously, they reached out to the lone commit of this 22 class, Alex Van Sumeren from Garber, Essexville, Michigan. Uh, he's a four-star. He's been committed uh, since uh, 2019, December 16th, 2019. Uh, Quan Williams being a defensive tackle from Maryland. And uh, Peter Taiupi, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but probably another uh, def uh, big-time defensive tackle target. He's 6'5", 350. Uh, he's out in Washington. So, again, another big crop here, John, of uh, defensive linemen recruits. You'd probably think that uh, Sean Nua wants to get a couple big guys along the interior in this class. Yeah, I think I want to highlight two guys here. The first is Finkley, the four-star from Alabama, He's uh, someone I think that uh, the staff wants to eventually move inside. Um, he's pretty big. He's only, I want to say 6'2". I'm not looking at his profile right now. So I don't think he has great length for defensive end anyway. Um, and I think they, they eventually want to bulk him up and move him to that three tech probably. So he's more likely a defensive tackle target. Um, Jim Harbaugh FaceTimed with him on Friday. So uh, he's responding really well to Michigan's pitch right now. But yeah, going to be a tough uh, Paul, the same caveats for Emmanuel Henderson apply with Finkley. And then uh, Anthony Lucas from, from Arizona. He's visited before. Um, he has a lot of good things to say about Michigan. I don't know what it is about these Arizona kids, but I just get good vibes from them. You know, Quentin Somerville this cycle had said really positive things about Michigan, and that yeah. ended up turning turning out well for, for the Wolverines. So I think the same thing could happen here with Lucas. Um, you know, their their teammates there. Um, at Saguaro, so or no? Does Lucas play for Chaparral? I can't remember. He plays for Chaparral. Um, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Um, so they're not teammates, but they do will play against each other at some point this year. So that'll be a fun matchup to watch. Um, but I think Lucas is definitely a, another top top tier target that uh, really likes Michigan. Yeah, I think he's probably going to be the top overall defensive tackle target in this class for Sean Nua. Obviously the familiarity with the, the West coast is there for him. So it, obviously an easy top target to go after. Uh, Steven wanted to get your thoughts real quick on uh, this defensive line a group here. Obviously a lot of talent here as well. And uh, who, who are you, a couple guys that you're looking at uh, on the board here? Yeah, it'll be interesting to take a look at the Dennis Sutton and Quan Williams uh, combo there. They both go to Owings Mills uh, or McDonough School. They're both out of Owings Mills, Maryland. So it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm cross-referencing their lists. And, uh, you know, Boston College is is towards the top of both of them being from the area. But there's not a whole lot of overlap. So Michigan offering both, that could be obviously a really good uh, strategy going for the top 50 Uh strong side defensive end top 50 nationally that is in Dennis Sutton and then you know that could help uh pull Quan Williams as well uh three-star defensive tackle so that'll be interesting and I I'm kind of shocked they're offering a, a 6'5 350 pound guy uh, uh yeah. he he doesn't have a composite ranking yet but um obviously I trust the coaches. It'll be interesting to see, you know, Sean Nua knows his stuff. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I want to um, watch more film on him. I haven't yet. So I yeah, really want to see how he plays, but man, it's just a massive person. That would be very <laughs> intriguing if Michigan can get him on board, but, but yeah, I, you know, there's similar to offensive line strategy. You can't offer enough defensive line guys. So for sure. Um, yeah. Absolutely. 
All right, we'll move on to linebackers now, continuing with uh, the defensive positions here. Uh, definitely not as many as the last few positions that we've rolled through, but still a lot of top talent here. Another South Carolina native, so this is going to be another tough pull, especially with the offer sheet that he has. Jalen Sneed, he's a top 100 guy. Uh, he's got the Alabama offer, Florida, Florida State, all those, so that's, that's going to be a tough pull. Um, but this probably won't be that tough of a pull, for Michigan, and that's Traverse City native Joshua Burnham. He is a, uh, a lifelong U of M fan. He's a fringe top 100 guy, 6'3", 205. So he's probably as sure of a commit as you could possibly have from an in-state guy at this point, in my opinion at least. Um, so a uh, few crystal balls there for Michigan, five in fact uh, for Michigan uh, for Burnham. And then also uh, with linebackers here, Sebastian Cheeks, he is uh, the number three overall target or the number three overall player in the state of Illinois at uh, 6'2", 200, a number 151 overall from Evanston. And uh, Michael Williams, who is another West Bloomfield kid here, another four-star from West Bloomfield. And then finally, Sterling Lane, another uh, 6'4", 215. He's an outside linebacker, plays at Oaks Christian in Westlake Village believe that's where Zach Charbonnet played if I'm not uh, mistaken there and then uh, actually one more guy here another instater uh, plays at St. Mary's in West Bloomfield that's Jordan Cannon he's a three-star 5'11 210 um, so John um, a lot of really good talented players here few instaters uh, definitely more in-state guys here than at other positions that we've uh, talked about thus far Obviously, Burnham's probably their top target just because of his lifelong affinity for the program, and it's going to be a tough uh, – it's pretty much Michigan's to lose for Josh Burnham, in my opinion at least. Yeah, after he got his offer back in the spring, a bunch of crystal balls came in for, for him, which is always a good sign. I think the family's a big, big uh, Michigan family, so I think that's going to go a long way. He still wants to, you know, take some visits – and uh, make sure he makes the right decision. But I think this one will be wrapped up pretty soon, um, which gives uh, Brian J John Marie a lot of uh, house money to play with here, going after someone like Jalen Sneed from South Carolina. Um, or I know Sebastian Cheeks from Illinois is another really top guy that they want. And that looks like it might be a, a Notre Dame-Michigan battle. Um, so that'll be an interesting one to play out. You know, Michigan kills it in Illinois, so we'll see how that one goes. Um, but yeah, not, I don't think the board's going to be very big for 22, given that they've taken like nine linebackers in the past two classes. So they can kind of just narrow down their board and focus on some top targets uh, and we'll see how, how it works out for them. Yeah. I'd say they probably go for two, maybe three linebackers in this class, Burnham being one, obviously I think they're in a good spot with uh, Sebastian cheeks early on, just given my conversation with him, I feel like he's pretty interested in the program and then you can't rule out any of these in-state kids if they really want them with Michael Williams probably being the uh, most talented there. Uh, Steven, yeah, back back to you, my buddy. Um, just linebacker, it's, it's been a strength for Michigan for a while here and uh, definitely going after a lot of good players in this class as well. Yeah, some great names too. Got to call out Sebastian Cheeks, Sterling Lane, and Jordan Cannon. Man, those are just... Yeah, if we can get one of those guys, I just want to yell cannon. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> like cannon go boom or something, something lame like that. But, but no, it, it'll be interesting. Oaks Christian for Sterling Lane that should uh, provide a connection with Zach Charbonnet. Um, so uh, Michigan's offering quite a few of California recruits, and Lane's obviously one of them. And, and another thing that that's common amongst all these offers, they're all pretty tall. Besides, uh, besides the cannon. three star out of Saint. Out St. Mary's, you're you're looking at six two or taller. So uh, it's interesting. That a lot of the guys they took last year, I think, you had a few that could um, either possibly move to like viper position. You didn't have a whole lot of those larger linebackers. Looks like they're prioritizing that for this class. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it's nice to have a guy like Burnham who's in state uh, that's highly ranked as well. So um, hard to go wrong, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting shift in the type of linebackers they are going after this year, those larger, uh, taller molds. Yeah, definitely. I, I found that to be pretty intriguing as well, that most of these guys that they're going after are pretty much six, two, six, three, 
and uh, with the lone exception being Cannon. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty telling that that's the kind of linebacker that they want in this uh, in this 22 class. Uh, they, they took a few smaller guys over the last couple cycles with uh, Charles Thomas, obviously Devin Bush being the uh, most uh, recognizable and well-known one, uh, a smaller linebacker that they took. But we'll see how it plays out for them uh, in this class. Uh, but let's move on to defensive backs. And they reached out to a lot of really highly talented defensive backs that they sit really well with uh, early on. And, and I think this is probably one of the best positions that uh, they've been recruiting thus far in this 22 class, uh, surprisingly enough. Uh, among them, Domani ja- Jackson, he's number three on the composite, a five-star, 6'1", 185, plays at Matter Day. Uh, Probably your biggest competition being from Clemson, USC, and probably Texas. Um, so, uh, again, a really highly talented cornerback there. Will Johnson being the in-state, a five-star cornerback here from Gross Point South, 6'3", 190. Um, he seems to be pretty interested in uh, all of the highly ranked uh Programs that has reached out to him so far with LSU, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State, obviously Michigan being in there as well. Earl Little Jr., uh, he's another top 100 guy. He's six foot 165 from Fort Lauderdale. They reached out to him. Isaac Thompson being another a top 150 guy. He's probably a, a one of those hybrid cornerback safety guys that they were trying to recruit in this 21 class. Uh, he's from St. Louis, Missouri. Obviously, Jaden Gold uh, being a uh, top priority for Michigan in this class, 6'2", 190, plays at Bergen Catholic over there in New Jersey. A couple crystal balls for Michigan early on there. And then uh, another five-star here, Keon Sab. He's number 13 on the composite, being recruited to play safety at Michigan and has a, a strong relationship early on with Bob Shoup. And then I don't know how to pronounce this last name, so I'm just going to butcher this right now. Xavier Wankpa, I don't. Again, I don't. I probably butchered that, but he's from Iowa. He's a, a safety, six two, one seventy five, a top one hundred fifty player, and uh, is being recruited by obviously in state Iowa, in state Iowa State, uh, Missouri is listed as warm on his twenty four seven profile as an Ohio State offer, Notre Dame, so some pretty good offers there. So, uh, John, I'm really impressed with the way that they've recruited defensive backs so far in this class because. Just the way that things are going in 21, it's looking like they're really trying to go out of their way to get one more cornerback, and it's kind of a struggle right now for them. But uh, you look at 22, and it the script is completely flipped. It's looking pretty good so far. Yeah, it makes you wonder if they should just kind of bank the scholarship and go after it. I'll go all in in 22 when they have all these high five-star top 100 guys that they have uh, pretty deep ties with that will, will help out. Uh, in their recruitments a bunch. Uh, you know, Will Johnson, his dad played at Michigan. Damani Jackson grew up a huge Michigan fan in Northern Ohio. And Jaden Gould is from Bergen Catholic, already has a Michigan crystal ball. So uh, he's pretty likely to end up in the class. I know he wanted to go out for a, a visit to Ann Arbor, just kind of like one of those unofficial things. So um, he has a bunch of interest too. So yeah, it's going really well at quarterback. Safety's looking good, too, with Keon Sab, another New Jersey guy. Uh, you know, he's top 10-ish in his class. He's doing really well. And like you said, Thompson could be kind of an either-or guy, flex uh, defensive back position um, from St. Louis, who I'll always appreciate uh, being a Michigan State legacy and putting not putting Michigan State in his top 10, but putting Georgetown in um, because his brother <laughs> plays there. So. Clearly, he likes his dad or his brother more than his his uh, dad, who went to the state. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, he'll always be one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, just a, a, a massive troll job there for sure, which I can always appreciate a, a good trolling there. Uh, whenever it slights Michigan State or Ohio State, Notre Dame, whoever, I, I'm always down for for stuff like that. Uh, Stephen, I'll I'll turn it over to you, my friend. Um, I, I want to talk a, a little bit more about Will Johnson because I find him to be a very intriguing prospect. Obviously very lengthy at 6'3", 190, uh, top-rated player in this class, a top-10 overall player, number one in the state, number three cornerback, 
And uh, Michigan hasn't really landed the top player in the state uh, in, in a few years here and uh, would be really nice to get a guy like Will Johnson uh, to, to uh, join on the board uh, at a position of need. Uh, obviously one of the top talented players in the country. So um, w- would be a good way to get uh, the number one player in the state of Michigan uh, to play at Michigan. Yeah, he's probably the top guy. If I had to choose one guy for the class of 2022, uh, a guy that you absolutely need. Um, he has some good offensive film as well. Obviously, he has, uh, you know, he slotted for a defensive back, but it shows you his, his ball skills as well. And he's a guy who would contribute on special teams as well, which is um, obviously pretty, pretty impressive given his longer frame. So he has the speed, the skill set, everything you really want uh, out of a – uh, defensive back and when you have guys like LSU, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State, those are like the, the top teams I don't want to lose to. LSU maybe a little bit less than the others that are more regional but yeah, um, but yeah it's interesting Michigan uh, I didn't see a whole lot of personalized edits go out to recruits but Will Johnson is one that did uh, it was one that I said the best uh, players in Michigan go to Michigan so obviously they're, they're pushing hard giving them his, his own personalized edit uh, so they're obviously giving them high, prior, high priority as they should. So if they can pull him in, they, they're leading the crystal balls for uh, Jaden Gold as well. So that would be, you know, a top 10 uh, overall guy. And then Gold is top 150. So that'd be a good, uh, a good one-two combo if they could. Um, but as you guys mentioned, Michigan's off to a good start with a lot of guys that they have previous relationships with. So uh, it's definitely a position of need and one that um, they need to recruit well for 2022. And it looks like they're at least off to a good start. Let's end the podcast here with the athletes here on the board. And they only reached out to a handful here. Um, but I could see a Travion Longmire from Kentucky being one of these top target guys. He's being recruited by Bob Shoup. So you would imagine that he's probably – at the very least, one of those cornerback safety hybrids, if not just a straight safety prospect, but they reached out to him. Uh, they also reached out to four-star Larry Turner Gooden. Uh, I believe Bob Shoup also reached out to him, uh, so I would imagine that they probably like him in the defensive backfield as well. And then Tyrell Henry, another in-state kid. Uh, he projects to wide receiver. Uh, he's six foot 160. He's from Roseville, Michigan, so not too far from Ann Arbor, uh, again, a three-star guy. So um, just just a few athletes here, but uh, with two of these three being recruited to play in the secondary, yeah, it's really starting to look like they're making cornerback and safety a, a big-time priority in this 22 class, as they should. And they made it a top priority in the 2018 class, and I believe they ended up taking five total defensive backs. So they had quite the haul in that cycle, John, I could see it kind of playing out similarly in this 22 class where they take a bunch of, uh, of, of guys that could play either safety or cornerback uh, in this class. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that could be the strategy here. Um, I think Longmire is probably the best, uh, the, the one that Michigan has the best shot with. Uh, Turner Gooden is going to be hard to pull from California, um, but Longmire really likes Michigan a lot. Um, he's got uh, I think a Kentucky crystal ball right now, um, you know, that's at the in-state school. So they'll be the ones to be right now. I think it's just a matter of where he falls on Michigan's board. Cause you know, we just talked about all the big time uh, safeties and defensive backs that Michigan's in on. So um, it just kind of remains to be seen how much they're going to push for him. Yeah, certainly. Steven want to wrap it up with you, my friend, with these uh, few athletes here. Yeah, and, and John, I, I, I think you nailed it on the head with Turner Good, and I think that's going to be a tough pull out of California, a top 50 player with an Alabama offer, a Clemson offer. Um, obviously, the offers from the in-state schools, it's, it's going to be tough to pull him away. But, yeah, Tra- Travion Longmire I could see being a more realistic option. And uh, with Tyrell Henry being an in-state option, uh, it, it just really depends on how they do. Uh, with their other wide receiver targets if they really want to make him a priority. Uh, they've already offered him, so obviously they like him enough um, to to do that. Uh, but a few guys here who uh, have Michigan's interest at the very least, if they uh, took the time to send them a text and reach out to them, uh, obviously they're pretty interested 
uh, in these players, uh, whether it's a top target or as a, a backup target. But uh, a few pretty talented guys here, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it'll be interesting to watch Henry, uh, particularly just because he's been in contact with Michigan State for quite some time. So, um, you know, if he's willing to, to hold out and, and see if Michigan has, you know, more evaluation or where he lands on their board, um, you know, it could be something to watch just because he has that close relationship, it seems, with Michigan State. So just something to pay attention to there. And then um, Longmire, again, is someone where – uh, obviously, you have that Kentucky crystal ball that Kentucky offer in state. It's tough to compete with that, especially if you're waiting for other guys as well. So Michigan just has to be um, uh, careful—not careful, but just they have to know how to approach those recruitments if mm-hmm. they're they're weighing their options at those positions or seeing where those guys could end up, uh, you know, within that 2022 class. So it'll be interesting to see. Most certainly. Well, boys. I appreciate you guys uh, jumping on as usual for the pod. And a lot of guys to digest here in 2022. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to covering this cycle more. I'm, I'm excited to get to know these top targets a little more. So I uh, want to thank you guys for listening as well. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks for supporting the podcast through, uh, through the summer and through what will be this fall without uh, Big Ten football at the very least, obviously not Michigan football, but uh, we certainly appreciate you guys listening and all the feedback that you give us. So thank you very much. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John and Steven, where are you guys at on Twitter? Uh, I'm at, at Simmons underscore John. You can find me at Steven Toski. And you can find uh, Maze and Brew pretty much all over. Uh, social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, we'll probably be there. You can uh, give us a follow at Maze and Brew on all of them. And uh, please be sure to rate and subscribe to all of our podcasts here on the Maze and Brew Podcast Network. We would greatly appreciate that. And uh, thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. And for John and Steven, I'm Vaughn. Talk to you next time. Go Blue. Go Blue.